Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. I'm in Arizona. Got here late on Sunday, and uh, it's been pretty quiet, I gotta tell you. Other than the craziness of Monday night's opening night, where all of the media from around the world come and just swarm upon the players and the coaches and really try to get as goofy as they can. It's been quiet. The Eagles are housed in a remote hotel location, undisclosed, and have really been just keeping it as real as it can be, keeping it as normal. You know, you walk through the hotel here, which is closed, except to the Eagles, heavily guarded, of course. It's very much set up like the Novacare Complex, as it was when the Eagles went to Cleveland in the preseason, then went to Miami to finish out the preseason. There are meeting rooms, there are training rooms, there are hot tubs and cold tubs. There is a daily schedule. There's, I mean, just areas where the players can lounge and play some ball and some cornhole and some ping pong and some pop a shot. And so, yeah, it's pretty much the same. Other than, of course, the Eagles are preparing for Super Bowl 57 on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. No real news here yet. We get into the practice schedule later in the week, but on this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast, we really want to take you inside the team. We're going to hear from two guys who are really responsible for the health of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's really a four-headed monster. Um, and two of the men are going to join me here on the podcast. We'll talk about the other two in just a bit. But the two who are going to join me, Ted Rath, the vice president of player performance. He works in lockstep with Tom Hunkley, the vice president of sports medicine, and he's also the head athletic trainer. And that's where we're going to start. Now, both of these men joined the Eagles in 2020, and their first task, uh, a little bit major, to provide a course of action, a plan of attack for the Eagles, the entire organization, daily basis, to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. The Eagles, of course, came through that in spectacular fashion. Rath and Hunkley, among others, certainly uh, John Ferrari, now an assistant general manager, a big part of that as the Eagles really navigated a very, very difficult situation. Now what we're seeing is that the Eagles and the plan for the medical side, well, it's really quite remarkable. This is a football team that is healthy. Uh, this is a football team that enters the Super Bowl week ready to go. And that's not often the case. So it's been really kind of remarkable. And um, I want to share it with you. So let's get into it here. First with Tom Hunkley, who kind of talks about the role of being the uh, you know, combining everything, the medical side, the athletic side, the training side, and uh, then Ted Rath will come and talk about the performance side of things. So let's start it off. Went into Tom's office over the weekend and had a little chat. One-on-one -on -one exclusively with Tom Hunkley. I guess, Tom, you know, you get to this point and you go, wow, we're pretty darn healthy. Do, do you feel like, hey, this has been a season of that things kind of just really, from your standpoint, really worked out the way you wanted them to, to this point? 
Yeah, I would say it's been a pretty magical year. It's it's more of the exception than the rule. Um, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. Obviously, um, it's not just the medical staff. It's the way that we prepare these guys, the way that they uh, perform next next door in the performance staff, the way that the coach takes care of them and really has designed uh, our practice program, our week in, week out, our scheduling. And then on top of that, you know, just the great physicians I have, the great people on my staff, really the, the care that the athletes get to. I mean, it's all kind of wraps together in one. It's not one piece of the pie that you can't you can't be this healthy and, and do this well um, without all of those pieces working together. I, I And I feel for you like a bit of redemption, not redemption, but just like a reward for going through two years of COVID. Like, because I know what how just what a um, an extra burden that was for everybody. I would say that uh, starting out and having that year become the first year uh, of transitioning into the head athletic general, um, uh, this feels like this year I've finally have gotten into just do a true head athletic trainer um, and not have to worry about that. It's been fantastic. And I can really focus on the team. So, so there are a couple of cases. I know you're not going to speak specifically to them, but getting Lane Johnson back on the field and getting Avante back on the field for the playoffs, there's a mission that you have of making sure that players return as soon as they can safely. Can you just kind of talk about um, what it means to have players cooperating with you the way it has been going? I think the biggest thing is the overall level of trust that goes on between the players, um, the medical staff, the coaching staff, and everybody in the organization. Realize that really we've got – our eye on what is best for these players. Um, it's not about just the next day. It's about the, the year, the, their full contracts, their careers. And so it all starts, you know, when, when someone gets injured and it's going to happen in this game, it all starts with just the ability of our physicians, um, their expertise to really recognize, see what's going on, um, it, the clinicians in my room to really kind of then formulate a plan and for us to say, okay, this is, this is how we're going to lay it out. And then we present that, and it's really the, the athletes themselves. I mean, they've got to be – they've got to feel good about the plan. They've got to feel good about the progression. They've got to feel good about what it means for them. Um, and they're just a large part. They're a large part of what the rehab is. We guide them. We, we, will, we will kind of put our hands on them. And we'll, we'll get them to certain points. Um, but they're as, as big of a player in any type of rehabilitation than anybody in the building. All right, so we're going to Arizona. It's going to be a week away from home. The idea is to replicate the Novacare complex as closely as possible. How how does that work on your end? Uh, it's been a uh, effort that's been spearheaded by Greg. Uh, he's really kind of helped to really kind of coordinate that, and obviously Dan and John Ferrari are out there right now and just really kind of helping us put this puzzle together. Um, you know, currently my staff we're, we're kind of getting towards the end of the week here, and we've. We've already got a good amount of stuff that's been trucked and shipped out there. Um, and now it's about what we had to use for the last couple of days. What can we go ahead and, and pack up and get out? And then, you know, we're going to be working out of uh, two different areas. So we got the hotel. You've got the Arizona uh, Cardinals practice facility that we'll be out of. So just a lot of preparation, a lot of planning. Um, and uh, it takes all hands on deck. And it's been uh, it's been great organizationally. Cleveland and Miami, did those trips – in retrospect, and maybe you thought so at the time, pay off in terms of understanding the length and kind of what the players' needs are? Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we had a, the same sort of situation where you're going to be gone for several days um, and you're going to have to kind of try to keep this as close as possible as normal for the players. And that's really been the goal with everything is how can we keep everything normal? 
uh, keep these guys in their normal routines, provide them the care that they're used to getting, uh, and allow us to, to utilize our skills and, and as clinicians uh, and make sure that we're not shortchanging ourselves as well. Tom, how do you um, classify a successful season from your standpoint, from, from the athletic training department? I say we look at that a couple different ways. Uh, the classic way is uh, team success is always um, the the overarching factor for success. If the team has success, you know we know that we're a part of that. We're we're not the cause of it. We're just a part of every little piece doing their 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 thing. I think medically, what I look at is I look at the interactions between the athletes and and the medical staff. Um, I look at the individual rehabs, uh, rehabs that we've done, surgical uh, procedures that we've done, and, and kind of how the athletes have gotten where they've gone to from the baseline of the injury to returning back into play. And I think seeing all the success stories and seeing them have uh, a success on and off the field um, after going through these, uh, that's really kind of our biggest thing. And then obviously you, you've got your crunch, number of crunches that you're going to do at the end of the year. Uh, amount of injuries, amount of time loss, uh, days to uh, loss to each individual type of injury. There's always ways to kind of look at it, break it down, and try to help just get yourself better, see where you can improve. How will you enjoy the Super Bowl? How, will will Do you think that you will take a deep breath and go, hey, this is great, or are you going to be just grinding it out and then afterward kind of reflect? Uh, I kind of feel like it's been the same message. It's been the same way every week in, week out here. Uh, it's just going to continue to be that way for, for us as well. We're just, I, I couldn't tell if it's different between it's week five or if it's actually uh, Super Bowl week here. And we just, we do what we do. We take care of the players. Um, we do the practice coverage. We get them ready for the game. And then I think once it's all over, um, hopefully I have a chance to let out a big sigh of relief in a, a very positive manner. Well, I guess the consistency, that's the whole key, right? Like you want to be consistent week to week to week to week, day to day to day to day. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think we're everybody can be creatures of habit. That's no different uh, anywhere. I think when you are in your zone, you're in your normal routine, it allows you to kind of just really be efficient and really take care of the tasks as they come along. Um, and it also helps you when you do have the hiccups and you got the little bumps in the road that you're prepared for them and you're ready to uh, adjust on the fly as needed. Tom, thanks. So the way Ted Rath describes it, and you'll hear it in the interview here, um, it is Tom, it is Ted, it is Arsh Donota, who's the chief medical officer and head team physician, and then it's also Matthew Pepe, who is the team's orthopedic surgeon. And um, it's a four-headed monster, really not a monster, it's a brain trust, and they are brilliant guys, and they care about the Philadelphia Eagles, and again, this football team is healthy. This football team is ready to play. So let's go. Ted Rath. Now, he's the guy on the sidelines. You will see when the play goes to the sidelines during a game, he's jumping around. He's helping players up off the ground. He is into it. 100% energy with Ted Rath. Ted, what? I guess first question, how would you define in your world a successful season? There's a lot of components to that. That's a great question, Dave, because when you look at it, obviously health of the team is one of the primary things that we typically get judged on, whether you're in the sports medicine side or if you're in the performance side. 
the health and the availability of the player, you always hear what's the greatest ability, it's availability. So obviously our, our step one is to get the team available, and I think we've demonstrated that we're able to do that. Step two, perform. You have to perform at an elite level. So when you look at how our team performs, not just the first part of the year, the middle half of the year, but later, when you start to look in January, February football, you still need to be able to perform at an elite level. That includes things like hitting top-end speeds, hitting the acceleration, deceleration thresholds that we set for our guys. So when you look at that, I think the components are twofold, health of the team and then overall performance within specific metrics that we can track. And then obviously the performance of the players on the field. Are they executing their assignments? Because if not, is it because they're a step slow? Is it because they're they're fatigued? They're under-recovered? Those things come into play with everything we do. I think when you look at it, performance infiltrates almost everything within a within a building what time you fly if you're taking a west coast trip when do you leave if you're going into the daily schedule what time do you bring the players in how long are they in meetings what's the psychological stress that you're going to allow to impact those guys everything accounts for performance at some level so i think when you grade it you grade it on all those facets which is really hard to do uh you also have to work very closely with tom and his people Mm -hmm. um can you talk about that chemistry that you guys have developed Mm -hmm. especially coming off you know, a couple of years of really horrible COVID. 100%. Challenging times. Challenging. I think when you look back, and I love doing this because when you rewind, I remember having a conversation with you in 2020 when we were literally getting thrust into the COVID world. How were we going to adapt? And I had just met Tom. We had just been brought in together. And I think the first thing I'll say is great communication leads to great collaboration. So me and Tom have to be in lockstep. We have to be able to communicate day by day. His office is probably 20 steps away from mine. We have to have that constant organic communication. I got to walk into his office. He's got to walk into here. We got to have that communication. That's what will ultimately lead to collaboration. And then when you when you expand out, we have Arsh Denota, who's an unbelievable chief medical officer. We have Matt Pepe. When you look at those four individuals, including Tom and myself, that's kind of the four-headed monster. And then you look at the individuals on Tom's side, the sports medicine staff and the performance staff. I got Fernando Noriega, Dustin Woods, Eddie Grayer. I can name all these guys. And then the nutritional component. There's a lot of moving parts. So it starts with Tom and I because we're kind of the boots on the ground every single day we're in the building. But if we if we don't have great communication, ultimately there's going to be failures at some line because without that communication piece, we're going to miss a step. And ultimately that leads to the players not being in the best position. So everything revolves around how well we collaborate and how well we communicate. So it's been awesome to grow with Tom over three years, and I think you're starting to see the fruits of that labor because we worked hard at it and we've continued to work at it. And that's something we're never going to end because if we're not on the same page – then it's ultimately not going to be the best decision or best result for the players, and we're never going to let that happen, so we're always going to be on the same page. Within that three years, there's also a coaching change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is there a buy-in? Is there a sell process? Like, how do you make sure that coach knows exactly what your program is mm-hmm. and, and, and trusts it, basically? Yeah. Another good question. It comes with extreme, extreme hard work in time because how do you develop trust? You develop trust with time. I vividly remember when we unloaded Nick and when we basically onboarded him his first day in the building and it was, hey, here's Coach Sirianni and I was fortunate to be in the interview process so I got to know him a little bit so when he came in there was a comfort level but then it was staying here late at night and it was, hey coach, here's how we foresee the performance impacting this team all the all the way down to things like practice scheduling and in that came, I can remember we were in the draft process the first year sitting up in Nick's office going over draft guys but then talking about the schedule leading into the OTAs and leading into the offseason program how are we going to set this up for success how do we get the players to buy into it having these exact conversations and sitting there until 9 
10 at night when I'm, I got to get home to my family, but Nick's here and we have to invest that time. And I think over time that develops that trust. But if you don't, if you don't put that time in, you will never have the optimal level of trust that you can develop with somebody. I would imagine it's also, it's an individual thing with players because they're right. They look and go, what are we practicing for 90 minutes today? Mm-hmm. We're not hitting. What, how are we going to get better? Like, no. how do you, how could you tell that players were understanding of your approach? I think you feel it. So as you go through it, eventually you're going to feel the difference. So the first couple of days, and I, I say this in general to players, don't trust me day one. I, I can tell you all day that I know what I'm doing or I said, don't trust me. I'm going to show you. I would rather show you. I, I see way better than I hear. So if someone comes in and tells me to trust him, trust him, trust him, and ultimately they let that trust down, it doesn't matter what we're trying to do next. We're going to fail as, as a team. So for me, it's just see how you feel. Give it a couple days, give it a couple weeks, let's get through an offseason, and ultimately give me some feedback because I think the most critical aspect of this is talking to the players. We have a thousand objective measurements. We have data, we have metrics, we have things that we can check where I look and I objectively know, hey, here's where this guy is and I know he feels good. Or I have things that I can look at and I'm like, man, his neuromuscular fatigue is high. He is, he's banged up. We shouldn't push him today. But subjectively, the guys will give you the best information. I can't get inside Jason Kelsey's body and say, oh, I feel great today. Let's go train hard. But Jason Kelsey can tell me, and he's going to be extremely honest and be like, Kelsey, how do you feel? And then over time, you start to match that with the objective measurables, and you say, okay, I can build a robust player profile around this guy and around the team that will help me make sure that they're in a good position. And through that, time develops trust. So as we have those conversations, and then you show them the data to back it up, and then they start to feel really good, Dave. They're like, oh, man, there, there might be something to this. I feel fresh. I feel explosive. I feel great. Let's go. I know it's collaborative, um, but when we play a game and we are just pushing and being more physical and just dominating, do you take you stand over there and just beam just a, and you're not an individual guy, but you beam just a little bit. Dave, I, I get out of my mind excited <laughs> if, if you haven't noticed that. But no, I think when you stand there on game day, a physical game is what we crave because I have full confidence in our team. I have full confidence in our coaching staff and I have full confidence in our performance and medical staff that we've done everything that we can, that we're going to come out on top in those games. I take personal pride and I'm a football guy at heart, Dave. I love seeing guys hitting, obviously legally doing the right things, but just being physical. That's the nature of the game that people love, man. I love that part. Last one. Um, you want to keep things the same in, in Arizona. Um, how do you do it? Yeah, we, well, it starts this week. You know, backtrack what we did Monday. We, we had a relatively normal rhythm. There were a couple adjustments. Obviously, weather-wise, we got shifted inside. It's not ideal. But when you look at our model, we want to stress the athletes. So we always call it our mini game. But there's a day every week where we're hitting 90% of our maximum velocity. We're opening guys up. Our skill position players are running. We're trying to get physical with the offensive line, the defensive line, where we're installing maybe the first, second down run game stuff. So for us, we're going to mimic that again. Once we get out to Arizona, the process doesn't change, Dave. Whether we're, we're playing week one in the preseason or we're playing the Super Bowl, our process is what's gotten us to this point. So we're going to hold true to that process. We're going to trust in it, and we're going to continue to follow that process. Lied. Last, this is the last one. As, as you've been in the league and the season's gotten longer, mm-hmm. Have you changed the way you've approached it? I'm sure you have, right? Like, yep. it must be harder to keep players fresh for 18 weeks. Yeah, 100%. We, we were just talking about this the other day. When you look at the calendar, going to this game, which is the goal every year, it's almost a seven-month push. And when you look at when we report to where we go through mid, mid-February – the human body, that takes an extreme toll on it. Physiologically, this is a brutal sport. It's a combative sport. We see the contact. We see the hits. We see the trauma. So for us, yeah, there's been a ton of changes. If you look a couple years ago, how we would ramp guys up into the bye week was very, very different 
now knowing if you look at the bye week and maybe you have an early one, you're in week six, seven, or similar to what we had this year, and you look down the scope and you're like, wow, we have 11 weeks straight. How are we going to adjust this? All right, we build in planned and strategic deloaded weeks, and then we ramp them up on other weeks. But for us, you have to have, I always love this, you got to be able to zoom out and zoom back in. I have to be able to take a snapshot of the calendar of a seven-month in-season calendar, zoom out, and then zoom back in day by day, week by week to make sure that we're undulating in a proper way and to make sure that we're peaking every Sunday, Monday, or whatever the day the game will be played on that week. Hmm. Great. Well, hey, man, good luck in Arizona. Appreciate it, Dave. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed those two looks inside the inner workings of the Philadelphia Eagles. That will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Kira Mahoney for putting it all together, and of course, everyone who takes part in the podcast and all of you for taking a listen. We are daily all the way through the end of the week here as we get ready for Super Bowl 57, the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs in Glendale, Arizona. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!